Football is back and right now Bet365 are offering a wide range of markets including first, last or anytime goal scorers. With over 45 million members, it's the world's favourite online betting company. We've got wall-to-wall Premier League football with games being played nearly every day and with Bet365 Bet Builder, you can combine match results, players to score, number of goals and more to create your own personalised bet. And if you can't watch all the games live with Bet365's Match Live feature, you can follow every moment through live graphics and text. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sport betting company. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and Apple App Store. Over 18s only. Please gamble responsibly. Hi folks, welcome to another 59th Minute FPL podcast, which is brought to you by The Athletic. I'm Mark McGettigan. You can find me on Twitter at FPL General. I'm recording right after Southampton beat Manchester City on Sunday evening to frustrate FPL managers. I, I only had Kevin De Bruyne. A lot of people had the likes of Mares and Sterling and, and Phil Foden. So it was a very frustrating night for fantasy managers. It was a pretty frustrating Sunday all round, but it was a very enjoyable game to watch. A superb defensive performance from the Saints. So that, that there's one more game to go in game week 33. We've got Everton Spurs on Monday night. But as always, I wanted to get this out a little bit earlier so you've got time to listen to it because it's a short turnaround again this week. Deadline is Tuesday evening, 5pm UK time, so make note of it. Set a reminder in your phone for an hour beforehand and don't get caught out by the early deadline. I'll cover everything you need to know in this short episode. If you would like to become an Athletic subscriber, where you can listen to ad-free versions of this podcast as well as many others, you can get a 30-day free trial by visiting theathletic.com forward slash FPL pod. Getting into the podcast this week, shout outs first of all. A very controversial day today for 59th Minute Shoutouts. I was writing my notes for the podcast and I was I was all ready to welcome... Divock Origi was about to become the first player this season to get two 59th Minute Shoutouts on the podcast. I'd written it down, made a few notes and then I logged back into the FPL website and I noticed they changed it. So there was a, there was a triple substitution by Jurgen Klopp and it was right on that 60, you know, 59, 60 minute mark. So it wasn't very clear as to, you know, how many minutes each of those players were going to get on the FPL website. When I looked, first of all, Origi had 59 and Oxlade, Chamberlain and Fabinho both just about made it to 60. And to my disappointment, I've logged in again and I've changed Origi now to 60 minutes as well. So he, he got that extra point. And I can't welcome him as this, you know, the first player this season to get the second shout out. So that's that's annoying. I was hoping that he would be able to go on and maybe get the hat trick that no one else has got before since I've started doing this podcast. So it it wasn't to be. So notable mentions for those three: Origi, Oxley, Chamberlain, and Fabinho were very close. They all got sixty minutes. There was one new member to the club this week in Gaming Thirty Three. Not a very well-known player. Crystal Palace's Jairo Rydewald got a 59th minute appearance for just one point. He's a midfielder. Probably not going to play much more for the rest of the season anyway. And another two notable mentions as well. Riyad Mahrez and Raheem Sterling. A very surprising double substitution by Pep Guardiola when they're 1-0 down to bring off two of their chief goal scorers. So both of those guys got 58 minutes on FPL this week 
Both of them scored just one point, as did quite a few others, the likes of Kevin De Bruyne and Phil Foden, who came off the bench. So disappointing day for Manchester City assets. Um, so welcome Rydevald to the club. Keep an eye out in Game Week 34 for any more. And as always, I always enjoy to see those mentions come in on Twitter when it does happen. A quick review of the Game Week for me, how is it going so far? As I mentioned, there's one game to go and I'm really relying on that game, the Everton Spurs game, to hopefully get myself a green arrow. I've got Calvert-Lewin and I've got Serge Aurier. So if both of them could somehow score a hat-trick each, I would guarantee myself a green arrow. So looking at livefpl.net, which is a very good website for up-to-date rank and stuff like that, it's telling me that I'm going to finish on 60 points before those two guys play, which has given me a small red arrow from 42k to 45k. Now that's before auto subs kick in as well, so that red arrow will probably be slightly bigger unless those two guys can do the business for me on Monday night. So fingers crossed for, in particular, uh, Calvert-Lewin. I think his ownership has dropped a bit over the last week or two. People are getting impatient. So I'm hoping that my patience will be rewarded in that Spurs game. And if not, he's probably going to get booted out of my team this week. A disappointing captaincy. Uh, Went for Salah in the end. Lucky to get that assist right at the death in that game because he really didn't look like getting anything. It had a blank written all over it for most of the game. Liverpool were pretty poor. I did have the captaincy on Bruno Fernandes for a period you know, towards towards the deadline. But I think it was Klopp's comments on Friday which suggested he wasn't going to play the kids and he was going to play a strong team. That swung it back in Salah's favour for me. And of course, Bruno Fernandes went and smashed it out of the park then. So that was frustrating with Salah. Uh, and there's going to be a lot more talk about Salah later in this podcast because there's a chance that that could be the end of him in my squad so which players did get points for me Martial and Bruno both did the business Rashford got his goal and Trent Alexander-Arnold came in with a clean sheet as well and blanks for Pope, Doherty, KDB and Jimenez another very frustrating aspect of Game Week 33 for me was was De Bruyne getting benched I was hoping he would stay there because I had Saka Arsenal Saka as my first sub with set, sitting on 10 points so I was really hoping I was going to get those doesn't look like I will unless I would need Calvert-Lewin to get you know get a, get a night off for me to get those so it looks very unlikely that I'm going to get those points but obviously happy to have Saka happy to keep him think he's a decent bench option so that was my game week so far hopefully Calvert-Lewin can turn it into a green arrow quick watch list update now couple of players I've added this week and a couple that I have removed. The first one is, it's no surprise, it's Mason Greenwood. Absolutely amazing value, this guy now in FPL. I'm already tripled up. I've got Bruno, Martial and Rashford. So it's very unlikely that I'm going to get Greenwood in. You know, I'm not going to move sideways from Rashford to Greenwood. I'm still pretty happy to, to, to keep Rashford. But again, if you're someone who doesn't already have triple Manchester United I think Greenwood is an amazing option now the guy the guy's the real deal you know he's played his way into the starting 11 now I don't really see him getting dropped you know he's like any player can get rotated over the next couple of weeks but I think Greenwood should be pretty safe now and like I say 4.5 million amazing value it reminds me going way back to Harry Kane when he was 4.5 million when he when he broke onto the scene if you can get him at that price do because he's never ever going to be that cheap again Another forward on my watch list again is Jamie Vardy after his brace against Crystal Palace. 
Now, I don't really like Leicester's fixtures for the rest of the season, and I don't really trust them at the moment anyway. But the main reason Vardy's back on my watch list is simply because there's not very many strikers that I like at the moment. I'm happy to keep Rashford. I'm happy to keep Jimenez. Uh, Calvert-Lewin, it's dependent on his performance against Spurs. He could go. You know, I talked in last week's episode about possibly moving to a 3-5-2 this week, which, which I may go through with. But Vardy isn't my thoughts again. But again, it's probably unlikely that I'm going to bring him in. A couple of midfielders now around the same price bracket. West Ham's Mikhail Antonio. 6.9 million, 0.9% ownership. He's playing out of position. He's a midfielder in FPL, but he's playing up front for West Ham these days. He scored 2-2. Two and two. Um, And what I like most about Antonio is he's one of those players who's always been on my be careful, you know, injury-prone list. Uh, he's one of the most injury-prone players in the Premier League over the last couple of seasons. But looking at him today and looking back on the last couple of months, he's actually played 90 minutes in the last eight West Ham games. So that is a very good sign for the final couple of weeks. He looks to be in very good shape and, you know, maybe he has those injury issues behind him. So I think Antonio Antonio's on the watch list now, along with Jared Bowen, who was already there. I think Bowen 6.4, Antonio 6.9. West Ham have got very good fixtures as well and they're starting to put in a few decent performances you know, beating Chelsea and that so I'm very interested in those as differentials I think both of them are under 1% so you know, I'm thinking about spicing things up for the final 5 weeks of the season to try and get to that top 10k and I think these are the kind of players I'm probably going to look at those low ownership players who could you know, fire me up those rankings so Antonio is in my thoughts as is his teammate Jared Bowen another midfielder Willian at Chelsea, 7.2 million. He just keeps doing it. You know, I'm I'm much, you know, I think all the talk was about Pulisic last week and, you know, the last couple of weeks. And, and I still think Pulisic is the one I'm going to go for from the Chelsea midfield. But I don't think we can ignore Willian now. I think the main reason for me ignoring him really was he's been a very frustrating FPL player over the last, you know, four, five, six years. He's a very hard player to trust. You know, it doesn't, as far as I know, I don't think he's signed a contract for next season either. So it looks like he may finish this one and then move on. You know, I could be wrong on that, but, you know, Lampard seems to trust him. He's in a starting 11 every week. And looking at his last five, it's 13 points, 2, 10, 14, and 9. So really, really good scores there from Willian. Like I say, I still think Pulisic is the guy to go for. I think he's he passes the eye test more so from open play. And Willian is quite reliant on set pieces. You know, he's a very good free kick taker. He's been taking a couple of penalties. Uh, and as long as Jorginho is not on the pitch, it looks like Willian's gonna is gonna keep those. So I think he has a very good option. I'm not I don't think I fancy the double up simply because there's quite a lot of midfielders that I want. So I don't really want to get two Chelsea midfielders. So I think I'm gonna go for Pulisic this week. But again, I wouldn't I wouldn't stop anyone from getting Willian now. I don't think we can ignore him anymore. That is it for the players added. A couple of players removed from the watch list this week. Saar at Watford, just not doing it. He's got five straight blanks now and Watford are not playing great at the moment. I've removed Newcastle's Lascelles as well because I don't really like their fixtures for the last five games. I've removed the Wolves defenders as well, Johnny and Saiz, from my watch list because I've got Doherty. I've got Jimenez. I don't really want the Wolves triple up at the moment, and I and I certainly don't want to go double defence. I think if I 
If I did end up going triple rules before the end of the season, I think it would be Triori probably, but I think I'm just going to stick with double. I'm quite happy with two rather than three there. Another reason I've moved them defenders from the watch list as well is I'm quite happy with my back three. I've got Alexander-Arnold, I've got Aurier, and I've got Doherty. And I'm hoping last five game weeks of the season that I don't have to make a transfer in defence or a goalkeeper transfer either. It's the final few weeks of the season. I want to be focusing my transfers on the strikers and the midfielders to try and chase after those points. So hopefully those three guys will serve me well right through to game week 38. I've got Messina from Watford on the bench as well. He didn't start in game week 33, but I would expect him to come back in for game week 34. So I've got him there as well if one of those defenders doesn't turn up for me. So yeah, I want to focus my transfers on, on, on the attackers rather than the defenders for the last couple of weeks. Harry sponsors the 59th Minute Podcast. Harry's was founded by Jeff and Andy, two ordinary guys who were sick and tired of overpriced razors. Jeff and Andy knew there was only one way to ensure quality, so they bought their own factory. And now, by taking less profit, Harry's offers great quality products for a fair price. Their amazing quality blades are now almost half the price of the leading five blade brand. Harry's trial set includes everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. Weighted ergonomic handle, five precision engineered blades, rich lather and shave gel and a travel blade cover. As a listener of the 59th Minute Podcast, you can start shaving with Harry's today by claiming your trial set for £3.95. Support our podcast and get your set delivered to you, including a razor handle, five blade cartridge, foam and shave gel and a travel blade cover by going to harrys.com forward slash the 59th minute right now. That's harrys.com forward slash the 59th minute. Time to tackle some Twitter questions now. Thanks, as always, to everyone who sent them in. It was a busy one this evening. Lots of questions ahead of Game Week 34. In particular, the likes of Liverpool and Man City players. Manchester United players are hot topic at the moment as well. First one came in from Tor Baca. Tor is flying high in the FPL rankings. I think he's in the top 50 at the moment. So I should be asking him questions, not him coming to me for questions. Tor asks... Do we sell our Liverpool assets for Manchester City assets and which ones? So I think after that Liverpool performance, yes, they won 2-0, but it was another pretty flat performance from the Reds after getting hammered by Manchester City as well. So I think a lot of people, myself included, are going to start moving away from Liverpool now. You know, I mentioned I've got Trent and I've got Salah. I'm still happy enough to keep Trent, but Salah is definitely on the chopping block for me now. Mainly because I don't really trust them with a captaincy anymore. You know, there could be rotation. They just don't look great. You know, the, the league's won now, so it's very, you know, they, they don't have a lot to play for. It's, it's very hard to, to get up for games now when you've already got that Premier League medal in your back pocket. Uh, and they've got one or two tricky fixtures before the end of the season as well. So I'm quite happy to move away from Salah now. Like I said, mainly because I won't captain them. So it's a lot of money to spend on a player if you're not going to give them the armband over the last five game weeks. You know, you've got De Bruyne there for captaincy. I've got the Manchester City guys for captaincy as well, as well as the Manchester United guys. So I don't think I need Salah. Um, and I just think, you know, get, letting them go, it's going to free up a lot of cash that I can spread around elsewhere. So I think that's mostly, most likely what I'm going to do. So I think it's fine to sell Liverpool players now. I do think Manchester City is a good place to go for replacements. You know, Sterling, Mares, KDB and Foden are probably the top four picks there. Jesus, again, you know, he had plenty of chances. 
uh, against Southampton, but he's just not looking on it at the moment. So I think the midfielders are better options. I even like the triple, a triple up in midfield. You know, you could go KDB, Mares, and Foden because Foden's so cheap. It's quite easy to get a triple up in the Man City midfield. Obviously, Foden and KDB didn't start against Southampton, so that increases their chances of starting against Newcastle during the week. So I like those two guys. I still like Mares and I still like Sterling as well. So they're definitely in the running when it comes to my Salah replacement. I was having a look as well. I've got the fixtures written down here. Last five games, Manchester City have amazing fixtures. Newcastle, Brighton, Bournemouth, Watford and Norwich. And I've just written down that equals goals. You know, they're going to score a lot of goals between now and the end of the season. So I would like to get at least one more of their players, if not two. Liverpool, last five. They've got Brighton next, Burnley, Arsenal, Chelsea and Newcastle. So City definitely have the better run-in and City are looking better as well. You know, I would have much more faith in City to score four or five goals in a game these days than I would in Liverpool, having watched them you know, in their last two games. Question from Mr. Hindsight. Are you keen on Kane? Salah looked off and Spurs have Bournemouth next and Kane has looked decent. So to be honest, Kane wasn't really in my thoughts until I started preparing for this podcast. You know, he's not on my watch list. Obviously, he hasn't played this game week yet. So I'm going to watch Kane very closely against Everton. I'm going to watch Son very closely as well because two of those guys, you know, those guys, you know, one of those guys could be my replacement for, for Salah this week. I've got two free transfers, so I could move from Salah to Kane quite easily. Uh, and it's it's the fixture. It's Bournemouth. You know, it's I think captaining a player against Bournemouth is a pretty pretty viable strategy for the last five game weeks of the season. Given what given what's happened to them in the last two games against Newcastle and Manchester United, I think they shipped nine goals in those two games. So yeah, I think captaining players and, and just targeting players who play Bournemouth is is a pretty good strategy. So like I said, Kane wasn't really in my thoughts until this question came in, um, and I've just been playing around a little bit on the transfers page there. And I'm quite tempted, I won't lie, even though he hasn't, you know, I don't think he's been amazing since since the restart. He hasn't really been amazing for a long time, let's be honest. But it is Harry Kane, you know, he is on penalties, Spurs are fighting for Europe. Uh, but I think all depends on how he looks against Everton. I think if he passes the eye test there, I'd be very tempted to get him and give him the armband for the Bournemouth game. And probably just keep him for the season then as well. Like I said, I would like to spice things up a little bit for the, for the run-in. And maybe just get players that I've, you know, that I that I am a fan of, or who have been very good to me in the past. You know, maybe sentimental reasons is not is not a good reason to bring in a player. But you know, I've had so many good times with Harry Kane in the past, and maybe maybe getting them and just having a punt and, and giving them giving them the armband a couple of times between now and the end of the season when they've got f- good fixtures could pay off. So. I won't lie, I am very tempted when maybe maybe I shouldn't be, but but I definitely am. And and I love Son as well. Son's ownership is way under it's down under ten percent, which is which is very low for him. And again, himself and Spurs haven't looked great recently. But you know, likewise all eyes will be on that Everton game on Monday night and that will that will determine whether I go for one of them or, or just avoid them for, for game week thirty four. Question from FPL Skywalker Is Triple City and Triple United attack too bang or bust so is going triple city attack and triple united attack too much i don't think it is i think it's a viable strategy because i think they've been two of the best probably the two best attacking sides since the restart we know what city can do on their day they can score five or six against anyone and manchester united are after putting five goals past bournemouth now it's a long time since united scored five goals in the league 
Um, so, you know, I'm already tripled up on the United attack. I'm pretty happy to stick with it. And I've got KDB and, you know, I've got two free transfers and there's a lot of, there's a lot of routes I can go with, with my transfers this week. And, and one option is just to get two city midfielders. I could get rid of Salah and I could get rid of Saka and I could get Mares and I could get Foden. I don't think I could sk- uh, afford Sterling in that scenario. But, you know, I could easily get Mares and Foden. And I like the triple up. I like the KDB, Mares, Foden triple up um, for, for Gaming 34 and the rest of the season. So I definitely, you know, I wouldn't stop anyone from getting triple United and triple City attack. Question from Tom Rowell. Should we keep uh, should we keep or sell Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin? Again, this just, I think it all comes down to how they look against Spurs. Now, I know some of you will be listening to this podcast on Tuesday and you will already know what Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin did. But, you know, obviously that game hasn't happened yet when I'm recording. So for me, Calvert-Lewin is, there's a very good chance I'll sell him this week. I think even if he, even if he scores against Spurs, I think he probably needs to get a brace or, or a goal and then an assist to save himself from the chop in my team. I would probably, I don't have Richarlison, but if I had him, I probably would have more faith in keeping him than I would Richarlison just based on the last couple of games that I've watched of Everton. So, yeah, I think I think it's fine to sell those guys. Again, Everton don't have a lot to play for. So I think that's another reason that, you know, you can be, you can be confident enough in letting them go and, you know, bringing a player instead who is fighting for something. And who's who's in better form, quite simply. Question from Abidon Ortiz. Rashford keep or sell? So I probably mentioned that already. I've got him. I'm happy to keep him. I've seen a few people considering going sideways from Rashford to Greenwood. I, I don't think I would do that. I still think Rashford is a very good asset. You know, he had a goal ruled out, which was borderline offside. You know, and if that goal went in, I don't think I would be getting this question from from um, Abidon about about selling them, so I think I think for me Rashford is a keep. Unless you're doing some major surgery and you want to change your team structure, you want to go Rashford to Greenwood, and you know pump more cash into midfield. Maybe that's okay, but if there's hits involved, I don't know if I would like to take a hit. You know to get rid of Rashford to bring in Greenwood because yes, Greenwood has been amazing, but I I do always I do still think there's always that small chance that he he could start in the bench some games. He's a young guy, you know. Solskjaer may not flog him for ninety minutes every game. So for me, Rashford is a keep. Uh, question last question I'll take this week is from Peter K thirty. Is Jimenez a season keeper now? Uh, Peter doesn't think so, but he would like to hear my thoughts. So. I still I still love Jimenez. Yes, it's it's only been two blanks, so I still think it's a bit knee-jerk to get rid of him. Uh, and like I say, there's not that many good striking options at the moment anyway, so it hasn't even crossed my mind yet to get rid of him. The guy's a legend. I think if anyone deserves more time in FPL after two blanks, it is Jimenez. So yeah, he's going nowhere for me. It would probably take another two blanks before I would consider getting rid of him. Hello, I'm James Richardson, host of the Totally Football Show, now part of the Athletics Podcast Network. We're going to be here following all the action as the 2020 football season reaches its belated conclusion. And if you're an Athletics subscriber, you can now hear exclusive ad-free versions of our show on the Athletic app. And don't worry, if you're not a subscriber, you can still listen to us for free with the occasional word from our sponsor by searching for The Totally Football Show on Apple, Spotify and all the usual podcast places. The Totally Football Show with me, James Richardson, still totally free and now totally ad-free on The Athletic. 
Moving on to captaincy and transfers for game week 34. So, as usual, quite a few options for captaincy this week. I think the most obvious one, I think the most popular captain this week will be Kevin De Bruyne after he didn't start against Southampton. He's got Newcastle at home. So, again, sometimes in FPL, you, you really shouldn't overthink things. The best player in the league plays at home to Newcastle. So, I think there's a very good chance that he will do well there. Other options, Salah and Manny are away to Brighton. Now, I just don't really fancy Liverpool players for captaincy anymore, which is one of the reasons why I'm happy to let Salah go. But by all means, you know, either of those two could do very well, if not both, against Brighton this week. But I won't be going there. And I, I would imagine a lot of people will probably sway away from Liverpool captaincy now, given that it was two, it's been two poor performances and there's always the chance of rotation as well. Although Klopp did say he's not going to play the kids very often, but who knows? Um, can we trust him? We don't know. Uh, you know, particularly if if his if his big names continue to disappoint, maybe he will. You know, give give some of the young guys a chance. Uh, Spurs, as I mentioned, are away to Bournemouth. Bournemouth. Once you see Bournemouth these days, you've got to think about captaincy. So Harry Kane and Hyungman Son, I think, are very good options for the armband this week as well. They're in my thoughts and. Manchester United, they're the team scoring all the goals these days. They've got a good fixture, Aston Villa away. Although Aston Villa have been much better defensively. I was impressed by them again today against Liverpool. They, they, made, it, they made it hard work for Liverpool to break them down. So will the likes of Bruno and Martial and Rashford have as much joy as they had against Bournemouth? I don't think so, but I still think they're very viable captaincy options. I think they will be quite popular in the polls as well. But for me, I've, I've stuck it on De Bruyne for now. And I think the only reason I will change is if I decide to go for the points machine, Bruno Fernandes. Finally, I haven't captained him yet. Maybe I, sh- I should start doing it and just auto-captain him every week, uh, the way he's scoring points. And again, let's see how Son and Harry Kane look against Everton. Because if they if they look good, they may sway me and I may get one of them in and give them the armband for the Bournemouth fixture purely on fixture in terms of transfers as I mentioned I've got two free transfers the game week has just it's not even over yet there's another game to go so I haven't given this too much thought yet but what I will say is there's a lot of options you know I actually sometimes it's 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 worse having two free transfers than one free transfer because you've got a lot more flexibility and there's a lot more options to consider so I mentioned I'm, I'm, I fancy you know trying trying a few punts between now in the end of the season so I might target some of those low ownership players to try and get myself up the rankings maybe take take a chance or two with with the armband for for the final five game weeks as well so you know it's looking at I'm, I'm going to be about 50k when this game week finishes I would like to get to top 10k and for me you know finishing 15k or 95k to me there's not a lot of difference there you know I really like to try and get that top 10k finish so I may go for it and, and if all fails, at least at least I'll have tried to to be bold. So a couple a couple of options here. I'm pretty sure Salah will go, um, and there's a very good chance Calvert Lewin will go as well. The main candidates I've mentioned them all: Son, Kane, Pulisic. Very good chance I get Pulisic this week. The Manchester City midfielders, you know, Sterling, Mares, or Foden, and. A small chance I go for one of those West Ham guys, Antonio or Bowen. There's also a chance I may keep Calvert-Lewin. So what I could do is go for a strong front eight. I could get rid of Salah and Saka. 
get two of the guys I mentioned and just bench Calvert-Lewin this week if he disappoints me again against Spurs. And that means I've got a very good first sub, you know, every week for the final five weeks of the season. I like that as well because I just think, you know, there's going to be more and more rotation as we get closer to the end of the season. So rather than having someone like Saka at the moment, who's my first sub, I would probably rather have someone like like a Foden or a a Calvert-Lewin and just pick them based on fixture each week who's got the better one. I'm going to make it. I think I'm going to make at least two free transfers. I may even push it to a third one uh, and go for a minus four. But I think knowing my play style, most likely I'll stick to the stick to the two frees and avoid the hit. Lots for me to think about between now and Tuesday's deadline. Thanks as always for listening, folks. If you'd like to hear more from me before the deadline, if you'd like to hear exactly what I decide to do with captaincy and transfers, you can check out patreon.com forward slash FPL general. Best of luck to you in Game Week 34. Uh, and keep an eye out on Friday. I'll be back with another episode on Friday to preview Game Week 35. You know, hard to believe Game Week 35 is upon us. These Game Weeks are disappearing fast before we know it. We'll be sitting down to lock our team in for the final day of the season. And hopefully, hopefully, like I said, I'll be I'll be close to the top 10k at that stage. So best of luck, folks, during the midweek games. And I will talk to you all again at the end of the week.